What's happening in the canine industry? For all the latest news, views and expert opinions, stay right here for the canine paradigm. You'll hear from industry leaders, experts, doyens of the industry, learned colleagues, movers and shakers, and the odd Randy guest. Get the latest insights and expert advice from both here and abroad from the people in the know. Now, here are your hosts, Glenn Cook and Pat Stewart. And I'm Lofty Fulton, and I'm out of here. Hey, Glenn. Yes? Something amazing's happened. Go on, tell me. I found Jason Furman's phone number. No way. We should ring him and see if we, we can should. buy some dog equipment off him. We've got to put this to rest once and for all. There's so many people harassing me about his website and you. So, yeah, let's ring this idiot. Ring him up. Okay, hang on a sec. It's ringing. I'm excited. Hello. Hey, Jason. Yes, Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ringing to uh, try and buy some dog equipment off you. Yeah, what do you want? I don't know, some tugs, some leashes, some, some of that kind of stuff. Can I do that over the phone? No. Okay, Why let's would you get, do it over the phone? Mate, let's get down to the nitty-gritty in the business here. Have you got a website or not? Of course. What? Yeah, of course. I just didn't want to tell you buggers about it. You're an idiot. <laughs> so <laughs> please tell us, what is your website? It is www.einzweck.com. E-I-N-Z-W-E-C-K.com. You heard it here, folks. Einswickdogquip.com, where you can buy oh all God, your I dog training equipment. It. Head over there right now, purchase yourself some tugs, leashes. What else do you sell, Jason? Uh, plenty of HS products, uh, mm-hmm. dog pull equipment, fireball mills, anything any normal dog person would want. Wonderful. No head halters. No, no head, head halters. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Hey, Cut Jason. Yes, Glenn. You're still a bullfed. Bye. Welcome back to the Canine Paradigm. I'm your host, Pat Stewart. I'm joined in our little quaint little IACP studio today. Isn't it beautiful? It's yep. like a little petite room. <laughs> <laughs> By my co-host, Glenn Cook. And we have the honour and privilege of having Mr. Larry Crone in here for an interview with us today. Hello, fellas. Welcome back, Larry. And thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Totally honoured. Truly am. You guys are taking over the world. Well, we're on it, man. <laughs> you talk about popularity. I mean, you're a very popular blogger. Um, Pat and I were talking about this the other day and I talked about it with you when we we're having some beers the other night. I can't, we can't understand how the fuck you get any sleep with all that you do, like your full-time job. I mean, I know on the last podcast you told people you're a federal agent and you do your blog and you train board and train dogs at home and you do private lessons and you manage to train your own dog so you can show people what that looks like online and then we were talking about and said, how does he do it? And I asked you and you said, oh yeah, I get about three to four hours sleep a night. Yeah. I don't, I don't sleep that much and I don't sleep well. Yeah. I don't get to work my own dogs very much. Mm. I've gotten pretty good at getting them where I need to be Mm -hmm. very efficiently. Yep. I have young kids that participate in everything under the sun and I don't miss that stuff. So that really takes up a lot of time. So there's a lot of training really early in the morning and really late at night. Yep. You know, I think my neighbors think I'm nuts. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, it's great that you can still manage to fit in being a great father and uh, attentive husband as well. And I mean, I, I've got to say, and I don't mean any disrespect, but I mean, your wife is smoking hot. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she, she is. You know, all, all Mrs. Kid, Crone is looking good. Yeah, you mm. know, and uh, she's getting all kinds of opportunities now. Yeah. She's like, people want her to wear their clothes and everything. You know, she's 48 years old, has two she kids. She looks amazing. She, she just really takes care of herself. But all mm. kidding aside, if it wasn't for her, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Mm. I mean, she's really the one who pushed me into it, you know. She, Isn't that fantastic? I, I think she got spouse. sick and tired of me being so obsessive and just, you just do it. You got to do it. You yeah. know, I just never expected to get this big, this fast, mm -hmm. you know, and, but I'm, I'm very blessed, very grateful for sure. Where are you at now? Like I remember a little while ago, I think he's had 5 million views on YouTube or something. Yeah. I think I know I'm over 7 million wow. now and it seems to be going faster and, and faster and, and, you know, I, I use my iPhone. I don't edit things. It's, <laughs> it's really unprofessional. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't have the stuff that you guys are doing. If you go back and look at my early videos, it's my six-year-old daughter with like the first version of the iPhone. Yeah. The videos are bad. Mm. And and what happened was when people started watching, you know, I said, you know what, guys, I'm going to get some nice equipment and start editing. People hit the roof. Yeah. They're like, no, don't do it. Yeah. Like we want to see like the actual real stuff. Yeah, like, keeping it real. And I said, okay, so I've never, I've never really changed anything, mm -hmm. you know, and I put out a lot of bad stuff. I, I really do. There's not a single video that you'll ever watch of mine where there's not a ton of things in each one I could have done better. Mm, you know? But training. I think that's the biggest benef benefit of videos. And that's why people should be filming their own stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it's, it's pretty simple. You see it. You see it when you watch it. When you're doing it, you don't see it, you know? Yeah, yeah I agree with that 100%. I film a lot of my own training for exactly that. I train alone uh, and I like to be able to review what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, and it's sickening how much many mistakes you get to see yourself yeah. make. And also I've done some interesting stuff recently filming, like I had a, a friend's dog and I was trying to implement some stuff with the dog and it wasn't working. And I then can go back and look at the footage and I can see, Oh, it actually is working. When I looked at the other angle, I can see the dog, the, the, what I, the expression I was expecting to get in the dog's back end where I was filming was actually coming in the front end. I could see on the dog's face that mm. they could feel what we were up to. So like without filming the training and using it as a diagnostic tool, there's no way I could have known that. And, yeah. and it's super important. I remember telling a story one time, I, I was watching myself using the clicker and I noticed that my whole wrist flicks out every time I use a clicker and it, it just was a habit that I developed, right? Yeah. And I thought, I wonder what effect that's having on my training. So I took the, the actual clicking mechanism out of the clicker and I put my dog in a down at, on the, at the other end of a football field. So there's no way she could hear anything, right? right there's right. no click. And I pushed the button that did nothing. And off, up she jumped and came running in to get a reinforcer. And I was like, you know, my body language is giving that away so, so obviously. And without a coach overseeing that to pick that up on you. Absolutely. Video is the only way to do it. Yeah. But you took it further and experimented. Yeah, yeah. And the experimentation is psychotic with it. I've been doing it forever and I've done a lot of dumb shit, mm -hmm. you know, just to see how it pans out. And, and what I've found out is that a lot of times dumb shit really works. Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, you got to break some eggs to make an omelet, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. You know? And it's all, it, it all boils down to interpretation. Like you interpret it one way and the dog interprets it an entirely different way. Mm -hmm. And until you use that diagnostic ability that you can, like if you haven't got a mentor following you around on the field, and picking you up on your lean angles and how you're slouching and how you're impacting the dog, yeah. that's the only way that you can actually do it. Right. You know, you, you actually need to be critical and not look at yourself favorably all the time and 
say, oh, yeah, I'm doing a good job. You don't have to be hard on yourself and beat yourself up. But you should be looking at it and say, what could I do better? You know, right. what's, what's the game and how can I win? Yeah, yeah. where's the improvement here yeah. for me? Yeah, and there's always improvement that could be made. Yeah, always. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the beautiful thing about about what we do, you know? Yeah. Uh, you said something interesting then about experimenting, right? So we're always trying to encourage people to go and get their hands on dogs. Like, you know, listening to uh, our show, watching your videos, that's all awesome, right? But that's theory at the end of the day. Even watching yeah. you do practical, listening to us waffle into microphones, that's theory. But the, the real magic comes from when you actually put your hands on dogs and yeah. find out like, hey, that didn't go how I thought it was going to go. Right. Or the dog is now displaying this, there's this fallout or this side effect behavior that I didn't know would come. I hadn't anticipated that. Yeah. And you only get that through actually hands-on dogs, right? A lot of dogs. You just that's have it. to. A lot of dogs. You know, because you're, you're going to really succeed with certain dogs really quick and you're going to think you're awesome. Mm -hmm. And then that dog's going to make you come along that really makes you question if you have any ability or not, <laughs> yep. it'll make you feel really bad, mm -hmm. you know, but those are the dogs that you learn the most from, but yeah, absolutely by, by far Your nemesis dog. Yeah. And those are the dogs that push me to experiment quite a bit, you yeah. know, and uh, every now and then we get them and it sucks. It's frustrating, but you have to be creative. You, mm -hmm. you just, you just have to be. One of the things that I'm going to discuss today is, uh, you know, I had video that wound up real popular with a German shepherd that would just piss in his crate. As soon as he saw me, there was nothing else I could do to, to, to fix that. Dog. It was so bad that I called the owner and, and I told him, I said, I hate this fucking dog. I really do. <laughs> mm. And he felt so he's like, I need to come get him. I was like, no, no, I just need to tell you, like, I'm really, I'm really struggling here, you yeah. know? And I had tried everything that had worked for me for, for 20 something years. And then finally training wise, he was doing good. He was a, he was a Craigslist hoarder dog, he okay, was, yep. but training wise, he was doing good. He was all conditioned and trained with the e-collar doing well. And, mm. and, and then I got desperate. I made him stay in his crate long enough to where I knew he had to pee. I let him drink a lot of water. And from inside my house, he's in my garage. I started tapping on his working level from in my house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try. I'm desperate. And what had happened was I opened the door and I looked out. That's when he would normally just, you see his body temperature change and he would just pee everywhere. Right. But instead this time, what I saw was him staring like, what? What are we doing? Right. You know, that's that positive confusion I talk about. It's not a real thing, positive confusion. That's just what I labeled it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the e-collar is so efficient like that, so mm -hmm. beneficial. And so when I saw that, what I did was I walked right past his crate and I opened my the door to my yard, but I was still tapping. So as long as I'm tapping, he's paying attention. He's confused. Mm -hmm. I walked past his crate again, horizontal. I flipped one of the latches open. I walked away. I turned around, still tapping. As I walked by, I hit the bottom latch and I walked right outside. He never peed in the crate again. Yeah. Right. So when I talked about that and showed people, they're like, you're, you're an absolute genius. I was like, no, <laughs> I failed 30 times. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was totally desperate. It was desperation. And that's why with the experimenting, it's so important. Yeah. You have to, too many young trainers get down on themselves really quick, you know, mm -hmm. and you got to try different things. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that. And I think that's one of the coolest things about our job is, you know, what other industry I know every time I'm training a dog, especially in front of public, right? When that dog comes out, I look at it and I think, are you the one, are you, yeah. are you the one that makes me look like an asshole yeah, yeah. in front of everybody? And that feeling probably will never go away, right? Mm -hmm. That is every time the dog comes out, you think, are you the one that all these techniques, I'm going to expire. I, I'm going to have all my tools used. I'm going to be standing here like an idiot, not figuring out what to do. 
And I feel like that anxiety is the push to keep like keep learning, keep understanding, yeah. keep looking elsewhere. What's somebody else doing? What's a technique that maybe I can keep in the back pocket mm-hmm. for when that dog comes out and everything I know does not work. Yeah. But that, that's okay. I mean, a, a lot of times people worry about that and they stress on that point that that nemesis dog is going to appear. And, and when it does, be authentic. Just say, look, it's it's one of those dogs I'm just not going to connect with. Yeah, I mean, I've had it before where I've done a demo. Like when we used to run the training centers a lot and we were always doing demos for public. You know, we were pulling dogs out and showing people how to do certain training techniques. One of the rules was, especially for the younger trainers, never pull the dog out that's going to give you a, a bad time. You know, because people would just blindly walk over and say, oh, can, excuse me, ma'am or sir, can I use your dog for a demonstration? But they weren't paying attention to the particular behaviour of the dog. And sometimes they'd take a dog out that would really show them up and make it look really foolish and amateur. Mm-hmm. So I've pulled dogs out before where uh, the dog has given me a hard time. I was telling Pat the other day, I took a Labrador out a while ago. Uh, this is many, many years back, but I could not drop this dog. I couldn't lure the dog in position. I could not compulsively get this dog in a yeah. position. It just refused to drop. And, I mean, the dog bucked me off like a Brahma bull. And I, there's nothing I could do to do it. I just had to wait until the dog was fatigued and mark the dog in behavior. Right. So I could do it, but I couldn't do it the way I wanted to do it when I wanted to do it. I had to do it when the dog was ready or the dog was in a position mm-hmm. of fatigue. So, you know, I felt foolish at the time, but I turned around to explain to everyone. I said, look – You know, it doesn't matter who you are as a trainer, there'll be a dog that you're going to have difficulty with. You just have to be persistent and look for certain cues down the track. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about ISCP. That's what we're here for. Yeah. How long have you been a member? I think I first joined in 2008. Okay, so long time. Yeah, I just never came. And I might have had a lapse. I don't even remember. I, I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't pay attention to a lot in my, yeah, yeah, in yeah. my life. You, you know? got a lot going on. But this is the first This is the first one I've ever come to. Yeah, and so when did they ask you to speak? What, what was what's uh, that path A couple like? months ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And any guidance or they just say, hey, Larry? <laughs> well, I, I spoke to Cindy. She called and, you know, she thought it'd be interesting. She said I, she had a lot of requests for me to speak. And, and I told her, I said, I actually very honored. I appreciate it, but no, thank you. It's not for me. Uh-huh. You know? And she was like, well, may I ask why? I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> don't know <laughs> if I can provide anything to a room of 500 professional dog trainers. And I said, there's been some pretty amazing trainers that have spoke and the feedback I have heard was brutal. Yeah. So Hell no. Why would I do that to myself? <laughs> but you know what? To her credit, she wouldn't accept it. She just kept talking to me. And mm-hmm. probably within 10 minutes, I said, okay, I'll do it. And then when I hung up the phone, I was like, what the hell did I just do? You know? And so I'm scared to death, as you could see. Um, <laughs> I, I've literally been in the bathroom all day. I kind of have the butterflies going. And yeah, yeah. I'm sweaty. I have dry mouth. I try not to talk in people's face because I know my breath is kicking like a mule. And I just, we'll see how it goes, you know? That's funny. You're a guy that's had 7 million people watch your videos. and Yeah, that's easy because I'm at home sitting in my car playing with my dog. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, and you can choose to upload that video or not. Yeah. Uh, it's different when you're in front of, you know, several hundred people. It's a little intimidating when you look at it. It is. But, I mean, I get it. I understand. We were doing the PIAA conference not long ago, and I had to host that. And even though it's a room full of people I know and are there to support me, I still get up on the stage and I look yeah. down and think, oh, wow, you know, I'm in front of a, yeah. a group full of people. So you always get the initial butterflies until you kick into gear. And- Part of it's your fault, you two guys. <laughs> Seriously. I'm, 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 I'm being straight up dead serious. You know, for a long time, 
we kind of all have the same mentor, uh-huh. you know, and I always utilize that in my training pet dogs and working dogs. And I've been out of that world for, for so long. And you guys, you know, with, with Bart and Michael's school going on, they're producing so many phenomenal trainers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you guys are pushing that agenda and you're training all over the world. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm really falling behind. Like, I don't know if I've learned any new stuff in a long time. So you guys have motivated me to really start up in my game. Well, that's cool. But at the same time thinking, wow, like if these guys were already there, I could look like a real suck bag. <laughs> you, you know, because you guys probably already going to do everything I've already done, but then more. And I'm like, but and I'm being dead serious. That has been in my head, like going to Australia. I'm scared to death. Yeah, you right. fuckers are from there <laughs> and these people are going to have really high standards and I'm waiting for a call. I'm hoping they call and say, you know what? We changed our mind. Uh, Let's I cancel doubt it. it. There's a lot of people really looking forward to your, uh, your seminar down there. So that's scary, but you guys, it's a shame you're not coming to Sydney. That's honestly, a props off. You guys are killing it, man. Well, and thanks. You, you're man. making okay. the industry better for sure. Thanks yeah. mate. I really appreciate that. But I think it's really important. Like we all, you're dead, right? We all kind of use a similar system. Yeah. But what I think is really important that, and I try to explain to people all the time about that system, that Nipopo, is that it's a technique, not a method. Right. And how everybody applies it is really individual. And, and you might look at the way that maybe you train or I train or, or, or the, the, you know, there's probably 10 gold students here. Yeah. And you might look at us all with the same dog and, and the, the theory will be the same, but the practice will be different because everybody uses the tools differently and interprets what the dog is thinking, feeling, showing differently. And so I think that's, what's one of the coolest things about dog training is even though exactly as you say, we've all trained by the same person, Bart's here and Bart's influence over the industry is immense. It's it's, it's, immeasurable. Yeah. You you can't measure it. There's no words that could explain it. Yeah. But I'm excited to see like your techniques up close because I want to see the application of the same system, the things I know, the theory component of which I know, but I want to see how you actually do it hands on like here. Okay. Here's the dog right now in front of you. Because for me in that system, I tend to like to front it load a lot of people with things that they do prior to coming up. Yeah. You're taking the ballsy step today of just seeing how it goes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and listen, when, when you talk about Napopo, I don't, use that term anymore because mm-hmm. I feel like I shouldn't because I'm not a graduate of the school. So I'm always okay. respectful to, to Bart and Michael there because honestly, I don't think if I didn't go to that first seminar when Bart came back to the States, probably in 2009, 2000, we were just talking about this morning, me and Bart, I don't think I'd be where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. That, that was life changing mm-hmm. for me. That was the day where I said, there's a lot more I can do. Mm-hmm. Like I, there's like, it I is, did, it's a reawakening. I, I didn't know mm. that we can do that with dogs. Yep. It lit a fire under my ass and, and I was just obsessed. But when everyone thinks of Napopo, they always think of e-collars mm-hmm. and I have a very different way. And maybe it's a little unique and maybe just bad out stupid the way I think of things, but I've utilized that thought process and that ideology with a lot of very difficult dogs mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with the e-collar. Yeah. You know, I've used it when dogs are, you know, scared of garbage cans, you know, that garbage can approaching became the negative reinforcement yeah, yeah. And, and, and that became the e-collar, you mm-hmm. know? So I was always thinking in that system and it, it changed everything, you know? I mean, it, it, I'm so, so grateful and, uh, it just gets better and better. And dog training today is better than it's ever been. The yeah. dogs are faster, sharper, happier with 
lot less conflict than we've ever had before. For and, sure. And that's where we have to keep pushing, you know? Mm. For, For sure. Real. You hit the nail on the head again. I think the e-collar gets this like, oh, it's the tool that you need. But it, again, that's a, a method. Yeah. <laughs> but the technique is like the principles are there and you apply that however you want, like whatever, whatever your stimulus is going to be. And mm-hmm. that's what, what I'm passionate about. I obviously like powerful dogs and sport yeah. dogs and that kind of thing from my background. But what I'm loving seeing, and I'm excited to see your application of it here, is a lot of reactive dogs being turned around, right? Yeah. That- Who's saying I'm applying it here? <laughs> Do you know something? I don't know. <laughs> well, you told me you're going to get up on the stage and wing it, right? Yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah, I am. I didn't and plan I on you, I can tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I promise you this is what's going to happen. Someone's going to throw their head in the air. They're going to say, Larry, can you help me with this problem with oh, my I dog hope right not. now? I hope I'm not. telling you that's Okay, I'm pretty sure I just sharted thinking of that. Okay. <laughs> not good. I'm telling you that's what's going to happen. The lump in the throat's coming. Yeah. That, you talk about pressure. That, 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 could be, yeah. that could be kind of kind of bad. And, you know, we should explain to people who haven't been here because of the, the way the conference rooms work here, you have to present twice, right? Yeah. You have to do it two days in a row yeah. because they just can't fit everybody into one room. So right. it gets cut down the middle and half people attend one yeah. on one day and the other next. So it's, you know, I was, I was, I just heard you talking to someone else about how the pressure's not even going to be off when you finish right. up. Today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the relief won't be there when I'm, when I'm done today. Hey, but listen, the thing that we all know is that there's absolutely no way and no guarantee that you can fix a dog in today's session. Yeah. I mean, anybody who comes up with that expectation is living on Mars because the reality is all you're doing is uh, today telling a story of training. Uh, and that's the reality of it. I mean, we were talking before about certain people's uh, talents in the industry. I mean, some people are really good at explaining theory. Yeah. Some people are really good at training demonstrations. Like they can train their ass off and some people are good at doing both. You know, and that, I think that's the that's how you find out who a trainer really is. I mean, I've, I've met trainers before who cannot tell you how to do it. They cannot tell you how to do it, but they you can pull a dog out and they can show you yeah, how to do it. Absolutely. You know, they can train that dog and any other dog all day long and they can achieve absolute greatness with it. But try and relay it to other people, they struggle with it. They would really die on their feet trying to do it. And yet there are other people who are just brilliant academics, just brilliant. You listen to them speak and they're, they're so captivating, the story they're telling. You just think, my God. Yeah. But you watch them with a dog and they're a train wreck. Right. And there's, like I said, the, you get that third person who can do both. They can really tell a grand story and also piece it together with some artwork training. And you just think to yourself, you know, this person has got a gift. Yeah. You know, it really is. It's wonderful to see. So, I mean, like I said, getting up on that stage today, standing out there and, you know, like you, you will probably have people ask you those questions, but – the response to that is, I'm not going to fix this dog today. Right. You know, this has taken a lifetime to create some of these issues. It's going to take time to unwind it as the well. The problem is, Glenn, I never say no. <laughs> like, I say I'm going to say no, <laughs> no you yeah. know, but I never, ever say no. Yep. You know, and <laughs> well, I might I'm ask you a question later on when we get drunk and see <laughs> what you say. <laughs> oh, I'm really bad at that part. My wife gets on me about that a lot, you mm-hmm. know, because. I do. I say no to people about things that I yeah. just think are unrealistic because I just I don't want to be that guy who says yes and then I fill them full of false expectations. Yeah. Well, see, with that being said, on the opposite end, if someone asks me something, 
I have no problems. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. It's yep. a dog. We don't know. Why, yeah, why yeah, does yeah. my dog do this? Exactly. I have no idea. Yeah. We don't know what, what they're thinking. Yeah. And, yeah. and you have to stay away from the people who are going to make up a reason for everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're friggin' animals. We just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the quicker we could admit that, the better off we are, you know? Yeah. Well, this, that's an interesting thing. And this was something I was talking about to the group I w- we were just in Canada with. Um, we did a little exercise where I, I stood in front of a group of people and just stared at them with a blank face and said, tell me what I'm feeling. And nobody could answer the question. I said, that's right. And I said, it's the same thing when we're training dogs. I said, the only time we understand what's happening or how the dog is feeling is when we can measure it through behavior. When you're just looking at someone face to face, you can say, oh, they're happy, they're sad. you you got no idea until they actually have some sort of behavioral response. Yeah. It's the same thing when we're training dogs. Until I would have said you look horny. <laughs> that's that's, that's 24 hours position. that's my default that's my mother default behavior position. <laughs> oh goodness that's great <laughs> but listen we just got back from scotland and there was a dog there a guy came from new york that's oh, so tell us about trip. that like let's let's start with the whole it was amazing yeah like uh, it had a big impact on me for for one in the states i don't know what it's like in australia we need to do better here because the dog culture out there was unbelievable mm-hmm. every bar and we went into a few. Yep. Every restaurant we went into, there were dogs in there. Yep. Living a normal life. No, not confined to a place board and not confined to a double down and mashed potatoes, just living normal, you yep. know? Um, we met this one young couple on, on vacation there, or as you guys would say, on holiday. <laughs> and and uh, they're in there with their little Vizsla, and we're talking to them, and yep. we're going on a big pack walk the next day. And mm. we invited them, and we showed up, and they were there. It's like, this is incredible. But the thing that really blew me away, at one point we were in this pub where we spent a little bit of time, and uh, there was an older guy there with a Rhodesian Ridgeback, just hanging for, yep. like, hours and then a group of young people came in and they had a little staffy, a little Staffordshire bull terrier, you know, and he was just, just a ball of muscle and energy. And they were on the other end of the bar and that staffy kept looking at the Rhodesian Ridgeback, you know, just staring like he was ready to go over there. And uh, no one was paying attention. At one point, the staffy chewed through his leash to get to the Rhodesian Ridgeback and me and Duke jumped up. You know, mm-hmm. it was hard to get Duke to stop talking. <laughs> a lot of words. I've never noticed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, both jumped up to, to help. And that dog made it to that Rhodesian Ridgeback. The Rhodesian never flinched. The owner of the Rhodesian never flinched. The young owners of the staff just walked over slow. And that staffy just went to greet him properly. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this is un... But me and Duke looked at each other like, if this is in the States, everyone's screaming and the dogs are fighting. Yeah. But it was absolutely amazing. You know, we go on this pack walk. There's, I don't know how many dogs were there, 50, 60, 70. I don't know. Majority mm. of them off leash, just running around free. And a lot of them have, have been aggression cases, you know, yeah. working with the... Uh, the trainer that were out there. So um, it, it was pretty impactful, but the one trainer traveled from New York with a meat market dog from Thailand, right? Yep. Completely shut down. I mean, this dog's in bad shape. And I saw it firsthand on the pack walk out in the mountains when two dogs approached to say hello. And that dog dropped to a fetal position and was screaming, wow. screaming like someone was burning it alive. It, it was awful. Well, literally was. And so, yeah, inside, inside, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the next day, the first day of the seminar, Duke did some work with the clicker and food. He did a great job. He really did a nice job bringing that dog out of its shell a little bit and put a lot of life into the dog. It was mm-hmm. great. And um, the day after that, the owner really wanted me to do the e-collar work. And a lot of people really thought I shouldn't. 
Mm-hmm. I said, absolutely. So I'm a big believer because uh, I've been doing it so long with dogs like that. Yeah. And they've always turned around. And there was a long time why I didn't understand why. I think I have a better understanding now. And I told him, I said, it's not going to get worse. I said, but I yeah. think it will help. And so we, we did it. I spent probably two minutes just, just doing some verbal markers and food. Didn't want to take food at first. We found a higher value food that he would take. Mm-hmm. And we put the e-collar on and, and I started right there. You know, and I started implementing the, the e-collar before the command continuous. And I don't think at first I was even using any, any words, just helping the dog with the leash win, mm. you know, and as soon as he would step towards me, I would mark and reward. And this dog came to life like that tail was up. He was moving and people were shocked, you know, but that's that positive confusion I talk about. And I've seen it for years with the aggression cases that I use e-collars for and with the fearful cases. I truly believe there's no science behind this, but in my experience, I truly believe when you take a dog that if he gets close to you, wants to kill you, you know, I don't care if it's out of fear or what, but so humanly aggressive. A lot of people assume we're punishing the aggression with the, I've never done that. Never, never done that. Mm -hmm. And when you start implementing the e-collar, it creates that confusion in the dog's mind. It's foreign. The dog's never felt it. Mm -hmm. It's truly completely foreign and confuses the dog. In this case, that confusion is beneficial as far as I'm concerned, because when that confusion is inside the dog, they can't think about the fears and the anxieties they have or think of killing you. They're just thinking, what the hell is this? Right. And then when you assist them with the leash to come closer to the ultimate stressor, you, and that removes that foreign object, that foreign stimulation. Okay. That's a big win for the dog. But then to go even further, when nothing bad happens, the dogs change like that, Mm -hmm. you know, and with this fearful dog, he changed instantly. The tail was up. He was moving, coming to me. He looked like he had never been scared before. Mm -hmm. Is that dog fixed? No. But imagine what we could do in three weeks, a month like that. So people are still looking at this tool as the bam, 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 correction, 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 punishment, punishment, punishment. But the problem is most of the world still sees it like that because if you watch certain segments of dog training, that's what they promote. And when you have popular people promoting that, we're going to lose. We're all going to lose. So everything I've ever done with the e-collar, I always think the most hateful people, the people who want the tool band are going to watch it. Yep. How could I help our situation? Mm. You know, and, and to me, that's, that's really important. But if you notice on my dogs, I rarely have e-collars on them because in the same token, I never want those people to say that dog only looks like that because he's forcing it to. Mm-hmm. So everything I do is conscience trying to help our situation with the tools because we're fighting a losing battle. You, you know what yeah. I mean? That's just my take on that. Mm. I have a technique that I teach on how to find that working level where the dog, you give the dog a a method to tell you, yeah, I can feel that rather than you having to look for some sort of change in behavior or whatever. And what's shocking is you've end up finding out that your dog can feel like level one. Absolutely. uh, Yeah. And, does nothing at all. There's no outward change in behavior. We have like a trick, a trick of him saying, yes, I can feel that and giving you a, a, a behavior because of it. But what I'm always trying to explain to people is that e-collar on the lowest level, it doesn't hurt in any way. It's a novel stimulus, as you Absolutely. say, it creates that confusion and it will have the value you give it. In, mm-hmm. in the same way, like uh, with your hands, you can pat a dog and you can go, here's the value of mm-hmm. uh, affection. And with your hands, you can hit a dog and go, here's the value of positive punishment. 
And people just don't get how you can then do the exact same thing with an e-collar. And it's because you can control the volume the same way the pressure that comes from your hand, you can control the pressure that comes from the e-collar. And you can say to the dog, like, hey, this feeling that is totally novel, you've never felt before, means that you should do this. And it's so clear to the dog because of that tactile feedback, mm-hmm. there's no missing it. Yeah, You can't, you like, as people, we're always making mistakes of body language and timing and cues and, you know, dogs are always looking at us saying like what – they can read you like a book, you know, and yeah. dogs are hardwired to be able to do that. And so you're – if you don't have confidence in your actions, maybe your posture isn't correct and the dog's reading that in you. But the feeling that comes from that e-collar, that tactile feedback, that and which you later then can become a tactile command, yeah. it's, it's, it, it's so clear to the dog. And I think exactly in that case you're talking about, once the dog only overcomes that positive confusion, as you would call it, then it's like this is the clearest anything's ever been in my life. Exactly, mm. I understand when I when I should be called to action. I understand exactly what you want me to do, and not only do I know what you want, I find great value in doing it. Positive value, like reinforcement, positive reinforcement back. So this is the fucking best my life has ever been. Very empowering to the dog. Totally know, the right. Dog has to win. You yeah. got you got to allow them to win, and for a lot of them, that's the first time they've ever won at anything. Yeah, mm. you know, this is something that uh, I think scores of people really need to look into more there needs to be more of an investigatory science around it so rather than condemning the tool they need to explore what pat was just talking about you know those lower levels um because the the concept and the discussion of abuse always comes into it but as you just pointed out the same could be said for your hand yeah exactly the same yeah that's right and it's it's about the interpretation of that pressure and I just think, uh, you know, my opinion, and I've tested this, we, we tend to demo it a fair bit at seminars when we find a dog that has these commands. If you have a dog that knows the e-collar as a recall, like a tap as a recall, mm-hmm. maybe knows the hand signal, like the hand up in the air, the classic for sit, mm-hmm. and knows the command to stand. If you put that dog at distance and you at the same time, you give him three conflicting pieces of information. You, you give the stim, you give the hand signal for the sit, and you tell the dog to stand all at the same time. He's recalling. Because that tactile feedback means the most to him. He's going to go like, hey, you've been known to say things that are wrong, (laughs) right? You've been known to give me signals that were not correct. But this tactile feedback, I know that. That that for sure is the clearest thing to me and that's what I choose to do. And it would be be a heartbreak to lose that as a – a way of communicating with the dog because it's how the dog is best communicated with. It's when you give him all three means of communication – verbal, hand signal, and tactile feedback, he chooses to follow the tactile feedback every time. Think about how powerful that is for the average dog owner Mm. to be able to have their dog running around and have freedom to where it, and that's why I I just call it a nonverbal recall. Mm -hmm. Think about how powerful that is. And I wish more people understand how easy it is to teach. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's, it's, it's about as simple as teaching the place command. Yeah. I mean, it's really easy, but it provides so much life and freedom for the dog and the owners and the dog gets to live a much better life, but we still have a lot of educating to do because the numbers are not in our favor. It's the stigma. That's the issue. And and the the anti people are always going to use the people on our side that make the tool look bad. Mm. And unfortunately we have people that provide plenty of evidence. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and, and until we can condemn them, which in the past few months has started happening, I'm very grateful for that. Yep. That's important that people started speaking up finally. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can gain a little little traction, you know? Because, listen, I haven't had much blowback from the purely positive community. I, I, very little. Yeah. I've had more blowback from the balance trainer side 
You know what I mean? I, I really have because I don't give them ammunition. Yeah, it's difficult to win an argument when you're proving it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I try really hard. And doing I'm, it. I make more mistakes than anyone. Believe me. You know, I'm so far from perfect. But I think by showing everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, it allows people to trust you a lot more. Yeah, for sure. You know, big time. And so I, I'm. We just need to do more of it. Yeah. And it, I think that it's good that there's people like you putting that content out there and Duke and, and there's, you know, there's hundreds of people yeah. around the world, probably thousands of people that are using the e-collar in a fucking awesome way. Yeah. But the problem is it's really not as like, you just see these happy dogs out and you don't like chances are you don't even notice right. that anything's going on and people might be using that e-collar to help the dog make good choices. Yeah. Uh, and nobody, no, nobody's any the wiser. Mm. When, when some jerk then fries his dog and the dog screams and shits his pants, then, yeah. then we all can see that, and that's, that's what is obvious. So for every one of those that's happening, maybe there's 10,000 dogs that are living their best life because of their new freedom and capability due to that tool, yep. but it's unnoticed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, hey, let's not, let's not keep you in here too much longer so you can go and get ready for your big show. Just starting to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mate, you'll crush it. I'm sure you will. People love to love all your content. You're such a genuine uh, guy. So giving. Unbelievable yeah. how I much appreciate you, you give guys away. very much. Yeah, I really as, do. That was great how we originally connected because I think we put out that episode on burning out in the industry and you sent us a huge thank you email. Oh, no, it was online. You you thanked us online yeah, in one of your – in one of your blogs and Pat messaged me and he said, Hey, have you seen this cool video from Larry? You're like, he's really thanking us for uh, the uh, burnout episode we did. And that was the first time we actually connected. And uh, you know, like you were talking about how important it was. And a lot of people actually did reach out over that, which was, we just sort of put it together because we were talking about our own experiences, but it was nice to hear from the entire community and yourself on how beneficial that was and how much that made an impact on you. And that's how we, all three of us, actually yeah. got to connect and, you know, stay in touch with each other a lot more. Well, the content you guys put out, it's, it's, you gotta, I don't think you understand how game changing is for so many people. You know, I, I think I was first introduced to you guys when I was going to do a seminar in Nebraska oh, yeah. and I had a 12 hour drive and I just listened to episode after episode after episode. I was like, this is this is fan. These guys are saying everything I think. And it was the same thing with, with Chad and Jay, you know, that's mm. how I was introduced to them talking. I'm yeah. like, this is right on. This is fantastic. You know, you guys are talking about real stuff and, uh, these, these young trainers. And as we talked about, there's so many here, they have to hear stuff like that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they live in a time where the information is that it's at their fingertips. Yeah. yeah. When I started training dogs, we didn't have YouTube and facebook and all this stuff yeah so they have a tremendous advantage but at the same time it's a disadvantage because they have to figure out which route to follow where to go mm-hmm. yeah and i know that's confusing to a lot of them so you guys have to just keep putting stuff out and don't stop you're helping yeah absolutely i think it's cool in that you know that network of people who produce the kind of content people who train the way that we like yeah. to train and are producing content we all share audience we're all we're yeah. all it's the same people listening to us all and following us all yeah. it's the same it's the same uh, people who want to learn how to train that way. And I think it's up to us to keep putting that information out there so that people can. Absolutely. Mm. It's important. Yeah. yeah. And if we wanted to heal the industry, we've got to have our own end of benevolence to, yeah. you know, give away content and show people there are better ways and there are great people out there who uh, are great educators and, and help try and expose that to the industry as well. Like yeah. try and, in, like you said before, you know, keep putting content out. Well, we want to keep interviewing people 
who are instrumental in, in doing magnificent things. You know, we always want to talk to those people, but we also want to talk to, you know, the average Joe who's just out there training dogs and, and uh, learning how to do it as well. You know, we're interested in, in all things across the industry. Is there any chance that you guys could do maybe like a lullaby thing with Birdie? <laughs> where we could listen to it at night and just I, everyone go to she's sleep. She's magic, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's awesome to listen she's, to. She she's really one is. one of the best people on the planet, man. Yeah, she, she, she comes across. If it you comes, talk about authenticity, she is that across all levels. That's awesome. Yeah. I hope I meet her while we're here. Yeah, she's, she's she just outside. Here, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Cool. We'll, yeah, make we'll it wrap happen. it up. We'll go into the show. Good deal. All right, thanks, mate. Really appreciate it, and good luck this thanks, afternoon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate tomorrow. you both. Thank you very much, Larry. Peace. That's, that's it for another episode of the Canine Paradigm. As always, if you like what you hear, please like, rate, share, subscribe. Do that through whatever subscription service you download us from. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is via Patreon. Three bucks a month gets you access to an extra episode. Ten bucks a live Q and A, and just goes up and up from there. Mm. And if you want to just sling us ten grand, that'd be that'd be wonderful too. Or if you want a cool looking <laughs> T shirt, you can go yeah. on our merch page. Jump on uh, Teespring. Uh, yeah merch page i'm trying to spit it out on teespring if you go to our main page the canine paradigm uh, on facebook and press uh there's a shop now button up there mm-hmm. uh you can click that button it'll take you straight to teespring and get you some can sweet shirts and get hoodies. Some sweaty shirts and look great and if you want to get in contact with us best way to do that is via email we are info at the canine paradigm.com last before we go larry how can people what, what's your it's pack masters on youtube right uh, you, it's well, under my name, name I okay. think. I'm not very professional. I'm pretty basic and simple. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you guys usually, can find me. But we usually always then make sure, before I do the wrap-up, I tell people how to find them, but if people are listening to us, they know exactly yeah, how to prob- find Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yep. You know. Thanks again for doing it, bud. Thank you, guys. Thank you heaps, Larry. <laughs> guys are so damn good.